midday on the Rural Radio Network as we set about the business of getting through a holiday weekend in front of us. Lots of information to bring your way from the second weekend of the Nebraska State Fair. We've got information coming in from our people on the scene, and we go on over to Shaylee Peters. Good Hi. morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Dirk. Uh, we're great out here at the State Fair. Nice crowd coming in here on a Friday, and this is our last. Yeah, we've got we've got people cheering us on out here. This is great. Uh, this is our last midday live midday from the fair. So we're glad to be out here. I've got Susan here with me. Off to my right. It's a beautiful day. I mean, the weather outside is gorgeous. There's a few puddles here and there, but. That's the fun part. I was out splashing in the puddles. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but we've got a great midday coming up for you. A 1213 uh, Troy Stower with the Nebraska Cattleman. Cattleman. He'll be over. Of course, we've been dining all week on uh, the beef pit. We're uh, super spoiled here. And then at uh, 1245, we've got, uh, I'll let Susan take that one over. Anne-Marie Vosshammer will be joining us, the Nebraska Beef Council. She is the voice of the may beef month commercials that you hear but yes. more importantly she'll give us some insight as to what's happening within the beef council yep and then 117 since it's friday we've got fridays in the field and this week we head to chad yep so up, up in, in west point up in the northeast part of the state so jam-packed midday for you guys and of course the farm bill listening session uh is going on here at the state fair as well today all right very good thanks ladies we'll get back to you here and uh, find out Everything that you have to offer here in the next hour and a half on midday. Well, I'm looking over at the new voice of the UNK Lopers, and that is Jason Jorgensen. You seem to have had a pretty good start last night. We did. There was a lot of college football across the region, especially in the D2 ranks. And UNK was able to find a way to knock off Missouri Western 14-3. to It was the first time the Lopers had won a season opener since 2011. So there were some happy folks yes, in Carney last night. We'll talk more about college football. Also, we will hear from Nebraska head coach Mike Riley. A lot of folks are very interested to see how Tanner Lee will perform at that quarterback spot. We'll give the coach's thoughts about that. K-State, they open up tomorrow night against Central Arkansas. Of course, a lot of hype for the Wildcats, too. They start the year ranked in the top 20, and good things expected for them. And Iowa has a tricky game this weekend against Wyoming, so we will give you the lowdown. Husker volleyball team, they will actually be playing this afternoon in about uh, half an hour. They'll start things up with the Emeritus Players Challenge as they take on UMBC and the UNK volleyball team. They're out in paradise. They have four matches, (laughs) four tough matches, Coach Squires says, out in Hawaii. In Hawaii. In, yeah. I mean, if you're going to start your season somewhere, why not start it? Absolutely. In Hawaii? Yeah, that's so, the way to do it. A little class. All of that and much more coming up in sports. Very nice. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe how long it's been uh, since Tanner's been uh, in a game. Yeah. Wow. What mm-hmm. a deal. So that will be an interesting. Hopefully there's tomorrow. no rust. Yeah, exactly. Bob Brogan has our business news. U.S. US stocks are higher this morning after a slightly weak jobs report. But uh, investors apparently are reassured a little bit because the Federal Reserve is not expected to raise interest rates soon. Also, um, gasoline prices rose several cents overnight over uh, the effect of Hurricane Harvey. And a South Carolina couple is suing online retailer Amazon over what they claim were faulty pairs of Eclipse glasses. Oh, boy. You knew that was coming. All that and more today on Midday.
Ag weather now, and we bring in Paul Perkins on behalf of Holdridge Irrigation. And looks like we're getting a little free irrigation at the moment. Yeah, Mother Nature, it's always the best kind of irrigation, and we are getting some scattered showers, not expected to amount to a whole lot. And I know our rain gauge is showing not too much progress in the way of much of rain. Uh, we're currently getting some rain here at the studios here at KRVN. But, yeah. Go ahead. That was my cold pizza there. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it was just my fault. Yep. Sorry. I'll be quiet now. All righty. But yeah, we do have uh, some light scattered rain, much pretty much in central Nebraska, and some of it, a smattering of it over southwest Nebraska. The more concentrated area of light rain from Taylor, Burwell, and Ord and Bartlett and points up to around uh, O'Neill and Atkinson, potentially some thunder up towards the Atkinson area. A lot farther to the south, Broken Bow on over to Fullerton and points to the south to IED. Very scattered, some light rain towards Grand Island, Aurora, and Harvard. And also we do have a band of some of an area of light rain over uh, Dawson County towards Sumner and Lexington down to Bertrand and Elwood. Looks like a thunderstorm just to the south of Brady this morning and also some rain scattered between Ogallala and Imperial. This scattered rain and thunderstorm activity continuing to move towards the east. That will remain possible for today into this evening as the disturbance tracks across the plains. The instability is there for some thunderstorms but not severe weather. Temperatures will be cooler than normal today with the cloud cover keeping a lid on those temperatures. The forecast though dries out and the sky is clear tonight and lows will be fairly seasonal. A ridge of high pressure will remain anchored over the west for a warm and dry holiday weekend. That ridge works into the area Sunday for our warmest day over the next seven days and perhaps that elusive 90 degree day. There were a few locations in central Nebraska, one of them being in Grand Island, that failed to hit 90 the entire month of August. When's the last time you could say, we never saw a 90-degree temperature in August? You tell me. <laughs> it's got to go back decades. Yeah, and they were, uh, I know there was a discussion on that one of the prior days, but it was, it's something for it to really take note of. There were a few locations, of course, that did hit 90 a few times, but we didn't see much in the way of 90-degree heat or much higher than that in central Nebraska last month. A strong cold front ushers out or pushes out of Canada from Monday into Monday night. Labor Day should still be rather warm. The front will bring us a slight chance of some thunderstorms Monday night into Tuesday morning. It'll be working, though, with limited moisture. The front will cool our highs back down into the 70s for a few days, and nighttime lows by Tuesday night could fall into the 40s. For our long-term forecast, temperatures in Nebraska and Kansas forecast to be near normal to slightly normal, cooler than normal the mid to late half of next week, and then we'll trend to warmer than normal next weekend through September 14th. The chances are good, especially early on, that there will be below normal rainfall for Nebraska and Kansas Wednesday through September 14th. The weather factors in the market today include cool Midwest weather and harvest delays due to flooding from the leftovers of Hurricane Harvey. The remnants of Harvey will continue to move northeast with rainfall of 1 to 3 inches or more from the Ohio Valley into the northeast U.S. and the mid-Atlantic. Any rain related to Harvey should exit New England by early Monday. In the southeast and east-central areas of the Midwest, there will be some seasonal fieldwork disruptions from the rains of Harvey. Harvest delays in the Delta likely to continue for at least several days due to the rain and flooding. Quality reductions are likely along with harvest losses in the Delta. Most of the country will experience dry weather in the next five days. Late season heat will continue in the West with a brief weekend push of warmth. Expected benefit late maturing summer crops in the central U.S. Early next week, a significant surge of cool air 
blowing Gulf to central and eastern U.S. That much cooler air, not a concern for threatening frost in the northern plains or upper Midwest. In the Canadian prairies, though, the colder conditions early next week may bring those temperatures down to frost levels or maybe a light freeze and needs to be watched, especially towards Ontario. The cooler air in the northern plains, Midwest, and Canadian prairies, though, will be followed quickly by a warmer trend the end of next week. Midday Ag Weather is presented by Holdridge Irrigation, your Ranky dealer. And uh, I guess after H. Harvey comes uh, I. Irma, yep. right? It's still too and, far out to know anything? Yeah, it's probably going to be towards the southeast Atlantic coast is where, and there's the potential it could be up to a Category 5. Yeah, boy. But they're still watching the path of uh, Irma for sure right now. Well, Harvey did his uh, worst. I guess he, Irma probably will... Maybe try to top that. We'll exactly. See. Yeah, looks like Harvey going to be one for those bo- the record books down the road right up there with Katrina. Really is. All right. Well, whenever you need weather, folks. KRBN.com. Shaley Peters joining you from the Nebraska State Fair. And I've got Troy Stowater with me of the Nebraska Cattlemen. He's their president. And you are coming fresh over from the Farm Bill listening session, Troy. I am. I just had to send you a text a few minutes ago saying that if I didn't get done in time, I was going to have to run, and I decided that was a bad idea for somebody my age and my size, so I just left a little bit early. Great. Well, glad to have you here. Go ahead and dive into some of what was covered this morning with the Farm Bill listening session. Well, I think uh, in a lot of it, uh, of course, with was with crop insurance, and, and the cattlemen is not one of our big priorities. We uh, represent a little bit different deal. Our, our main priority on the hearing session this morning was to talk about funding of the FMD uh, vaccine bank and for those that don't know FMD is foot and mouth disease and it's about a hundred fifty million dollar a year commitment and we think it's important to be part of the next farm bill Uh, it would be a two hundred billion dollar expense both to about 128 to the livestock industry both pork and in the beef industry and about uh, the other 60-some million or billion to both the corn and the, and the soybean industry if we had a, a widespread outbreak of foot and mouth disease in the U.S. So we think it's, it's expensive. We know that. Uh, I told the, our federal delegation, you know, when we come to visit you every year, we never put our hand out and ask for anything. We usually just ask that, you know, we be left alone. But this is important to uh, the U.S. as a whole, $200 billion over 10 years is a huge expense if we don't address this foot and mouth disease uh, vaccine bank issue. Uh, and we think it's uh, viable. We think it's the only viable solution. So we look forward to uh, having that 2018 Farm Bill move forward on that particular area. And as far as legislation is concerned as well, um, electronic logging devices are something that are definitely on your radar. Oh, absolutely. Uh the mandate with electronic logging devices is that all trucks after 11 hours of service are automatically detuned and for those hauling livestock including bees uh, we think is a real animal welfare concern uh, that uh, we can't be detuning trucks uh, along the side of the interstate when it's 95 degrees because they ran out of hours of service. The industry that transports livestock has a long history of, of safe transportation. Uh, it's remarkable how, how what their safety record is. And we have to have the ability to move those livestock safely and efficiently. Uh, 
And it's just a matter of adapting to that uh, industry, and uh, we feel good about that we've got some better understanding moving forward from here, and we hope we can have a, a, an outcome that matches up with the needs of, of the livestock that our livestock haulers haul. Now, moving back to the Farm Bill listening session, was there a decent crowd in there this morning? Kind of what was that environment as you got rolling there? Well, there was a good crowd. It was, it was, uh, they were alert and paying attention, uh, and all the commodity groups were represented as well as our federal delegation. And, uh, I had to skip out so we could get over here in time, but there were some real good questions and involving, uh, conservation to, uh, the SNAP program. So, uh, I know the, the input from those that, uh, have, uh, you know, the commodity groups feel like the the SNAP program should still continue to be part of the Farm Bill. So I think that uh, it was an interesting and uh, well-attended pro uh, program this morning. All right. Thanks so much. It's Troy Stowater. He's president of the Nebraska Cattlemen discussing things here from the Farm Bill listening session and other state fair stuff going on. Shaley Peters joining you for the Rural Radio Network. It's time to get our weather update from Al Dutcher. He is Nebraska Extension Climatologist on the phone with us to take a look at this week's upcoming weather. And Al, uh, we've had a beautiful August. Is that going to continue here into this next week? Well, we're going to get to this weekend, and for the Labor Day weekend, it does appear that we're going to be dealing with above normal temperatures, and that seems like a rarity, and I think we, here in the eastern part of the state, finally are going to break that 90-degree mark, which we failed to do here in Lincoln during the month of, of August, and I believe we have to go back uh, back to the 1950s and maybe even the uh, 1915. It just depends on location, but those seem to be the two standout years where a lot of eastern Nebraska failed to breach the 90 degree mark during the month of August as we look forward to this weekend. We have a warm front that's going to be moving through the state here over the next 24 hours and the models are depicting uh, some scattered thunderstorm development potentially uh, across portions of central and northern Nebraska and then some of that shifting toward eastern Nebraska although it looks like the models want to weaken it as it moves into the eastern portions of the state. So most of that should clear out as we go into tomorrow morning and then we're going to be looking at a very warm uh, weekend with probably the warmest temperatures being on Sunday where we will see consistently upper 80s to low 90s statewide. And then that ridge starts to basically stall out in response to a trough moving into the Great Lakes this week and that's supposed to bring in some exceptionally cool air, particularly as we get into early next week as it intensifies and digs deeper into the Ohio River Valley and the backside of that trough pushes back toward the west. It's sort of like what we call a backdoor cold front. Very chilly air will be in place over the northern uh, upper Midwest, basically the upper Mississippi Valley region of the Great Lakes. Uh, we may even see some scatter frost conditions developing as we go into early next week across the Great Lakes, and there is some scattered frost potential up in the northeastern United States. These are not major crop-growing regions, so the impacts on agricultural production probably is not going to be that great, but it's a sign that very cold air is possibly coming. Now, as we go into next week, we'll see that cool air basically locked into place in the eastern half of the state through about midweek. Much warmer temperatures out west, but nothing in the way of any precipitation, and the models do grasp it enough 
another short wave moving from Canada into the upper Midwest as we get into next week, probably in the Thursday, Friday time frame. That will bring another surge of cool air, and right now it looks like it's going to be essentially in the same locations that see the cool air this weekend. Now, the one flying the ointment is, of course, Hurricane Irma, and depending on what track it takes, we're probably going to have a lot of people a little antsy as we go into the middle of next week as that system either is going to lift north of the Leeward Islands and come up into the eastern United States, or it's going to keep its westward track and move just to the south of Cuba and then up into the Gulf of Mexico. The first four, or the first uh, track seems to be the model preference at this time, and it currently is picking, uh, getting close to landfall somewhere between the Carolinas and the northeastern United States as we get into uh, next weekend and the following Monday, about a week from Labor Day. So this is something we'll bear in mind to watch because this is a Category 5 storm or will probably get to Category 5, and we'll see how much it weakens as it moves into uh, areas that are close enough to the United States to be of concern. And Dutcher went on to tell us the frost threat the middle of September, that'll be more isolated to the northern parts of the Corn Belt and the upper parts of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Minnesota. Here on the Roll Rate, a tag extension climatologist from the University of Nebraska, Al Dutcher, I'm Joe Gangwish. You're listening to Midday on the Rural Radio Network, and it's time to check out some sports with Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Derek. Well, the third season in Lincoln for head coach Mike Riley. Get started tomorrow night as the Huskers kick things off against Arkansas State. Now, there's a lot of changes this year for the Huskers. One of them is at quarterback, where transfer Tanner Lee is now ready to go. He's received a lot of hype coming into this year, and Riley's confident he will play well. People ask me about that all the time. You know, you know, how's he going to handle all the attention? All you know, and I think that's why he came. I mean, I, not necessarily for the attention, but this arena, uh, this kind of place. Uh, he he wanted to put himself in it, and I appreciated that about him. And then the other thing is, is that uh, through his preparation, which has been extensive, and the and the work he's done with our team, I think the confidence built in that with with our team. With the addition of Lee, NU is expected to run more of a pro-style offense, which Riley and offensive coordinator Danny Langstorff are more comfortable with. Kickoff tomorrow night, Lincoln is set for 7. Last year, the University of Central Arkansas gave up just 2.2 yards per carry on defense. While the Bears have lost a few players up front, the bulk of that defense returns. Kansas State opens up its season tomorrow night at home against Central Arkansas. And head coach Bill Snyder talks about what he has seen from the Bears' defense. They really are an impressive football team. And I think, you know, if you were to watch tape, they're a very physical defensive football team and they run well. You know, one of our coaches made the comment the other day that he thought that defensively they ran as well as any football team that we'll play against all year, that including our conference. You know, that's a mouthful. That's, that's saying an awful lot because we've got some teams that run around pretty doggone good. But they do. Central Arkansas starts the season ranked 15th in FCS, while K-State is ranked 20th in the Division I poll. Kickoff tomorrow night is set for 6-10 in Manhattan. And Iowa has a tricky opener this weekend as they begin things against Wyoming. Division II college football action last night. UNK upset Missouri Western 14-3. It was Northwestern Missouri blowing out Emporia State. Fort Hayes State notched a big win over Missouri Southern and Wayne State. They lost at Northern State 23-16. The Husker volleyball team is hosting the Emeritus Players Challenge this weekend. At this time, they are taking on UMBC. Tonight, they'll take on Oral Roberts. And the UNK volleyball team starts its season later on tonight out in Hawaii. 
That's a check of sports. Have a great day. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Stay tuned. More of Midday is just ahead. You are listening to the Rural Radio Network. There is a chance of some isolated showers or thunderstorms in eastern Nebraska, otherwise mostly clear skies in the west and central tonight. I'm Dave Schroeder. A 24-year-old Nebraska panhandle man has taken a plea deal in the crash death of a passenger in his pickup truck. Joshua Bolzer pleaded no contest to felony vehicular homicide after prosecutors dropped two related counts. Authorities say Bolzer of Mitchell was speeding in his pickup truck on August 20th last year when it went out of control on U.S. Highway 26 on the west edge of Mitchell and hit a utility pole, as well as a tractor and a liquor store. A passenger in the truck, 19-year-old Darion Bentoncourt, was pronounced dead at the scene. Two other 19-year-old passengers were hospitalized. A man has died after a farm accident in northeast Nebraska's Stanton County. Medics and officers were dispatched around 9.30 last night to a farm six miles southeast of Pilger. Stanton County Sheriff Mike Unger says a 76-year-old man was working with the tractor and a piece of farm machinery when the machinery collapsed on him. The man's name hasn't been released. A Nebraska state senator from Lincoln says he's running for another term. Senator Matt Hansen kicked off his re-election campaign with an email announcement. Hansen was first elected in 2014 to represent Legislative District 26, encompassing Northeast Lincoln. Hansen says he'll focus his campaign on supporting Nebraska students, investing in neighborhoods and communities, and protecting workers and the economy. Hansen is a registered Democrat in the officially nonpartisan seat. A suburban fire district in Omaha is moving forward with plans to start its own fire department to serve residents and businesses outside the city's western boundaries. Officials announced that the Elkhorn Suburban Fire District wants to create its own department and end its contract with the city for fire, rescue, and medical services. Mayor Gene Stother disputes that the new Elkhorn Fire and Rescue Department won't be able to serve the area at the same level as the Omaha Fire Department, which has more than 650 members. Stothert says the city remains open to negotiate the contract, which expires at the end of 2018. Fire District Chief Travis Harlow says staffing levels will stay the same and public safety won't be at risk. We want your news, video, and photos. Tip us under the News tab at krvn.com. In the News Center, I'm Dave Schroeder. Shaley Peters joining you back from the 2017 Nebraska State Fair. And I've got Adam Wagner with me with the Beef Council. He's Director of Marketing. And Adam, as we uh, get rolling in here to another big weekend, Labor Day weekend at the State Fair. What are you guys doing? Well, we've got a lot of stuff going on. It's uh, it's really a great weekend to be out here at the fair. There are just uh, you know so many. There's gonna be a lot of people out here, but there's a lot of activities. Uh, from our perspective, we're gonna be at the Raising Nebraska Building. And uh, if you get a chance, you should really come out today. Uh, we're gonna be out there from three to six this afternoon, uh, doing a little chopped competition. And so we've got uh, some of our, our friends from the culinary school there in Hastings at Central Community College. They're going to be competing in a Chopped-like competition. So if you've seen the TV show Chopped, it'll be very much like that, but 
live and in person. <laughs> and uh, basically, they'll have 30 minutes to to create a meal uh, using uh, some beef items that we've given them, and then some mystery basket items as well. Sounds like a lot of fun, and it's happening over in that kitchen in the Raising Nebraska building, which you mentioned, which is absolutely beautiful. You'll be doing that today, but also cooking demos all throughout the weekend? Yeah, so if you're out here at all uh, this weekend or through Labor Day, uh, you can stop out the Raising Nebraska building, and uh, you can catch a cooking demo, which uh, is just really quick 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minute demonstrations on how to prepare a really quick beef meal. Uh, the best thing about that is that there are samples afterwards. <laughs> so uh, if you come and sit and watch one of those demos, you get a free cookbook, uh, you get to test some of the, uh, the meals that we've made there, and go home with some really great ideas for something to cook at home. And speaking of ideas, of course, this time of year, back to school, parents are scrambling a lot of times trying to get a meal on. You guys have wonderful ideas for those quick, easy meals that they can throw on. Yeah, we, we really understand that. At this point, if you, especially if you have kids and they're going back to school, uh, this is when your world gets hectic, right? So you've got kids going back to school. They've got activities after school. And sometimes uh, the, the meals, the sit-down meals with the family kind of go away. But that really doesn't have to be the case, and you can utilize beef to really help you through that. So we're going to be doing that throughout the, uh, the month uh, of September. It's really promoting some of those meals that you can create at home, the one-dish meals. Uh, people love the crock-pot idea, right? So you put it in the <laughs> crock-pot, forget it. When school's done, uh, the meals are ready to go. Just examples like that where beef really fits in well. And uh, on top of that, it's a really nutritious meal for your kids. So... Uh, people can go to our, to our uh, Facebook page, Nebraska Beef Council, or onto our website, anybeef.org, and they can uh, get a list of all those, uh, those recipes and try them out at home. And when we talk about back to school, one of the last times I spoke with you and saw you, you had a recent workshop for the school programs. A lot of them are doing the beef in schools, and really you guys held this workshop to just kind of encourage them and give them um, direction if they were already in the program or looking to join the program. We've uh, been really fortunate here in Nebraska to have over 50 schools now that are participating in this program. And to see uh, local producers supporting their local schools with uh, the beef that they raise is pretty amazing. And uh, we've really been able to put on these workshops, provide information to these food service professionals so that when they're in the schools and they're in their kitchens, they understand what to do with that product when it comes through, how to make it in bulk, because let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's put it out there. I mean, they're, they're cooking for 100 people, whereas you and I are cooking for two or three. So uh, that's a little bit different. But we're trying to help them understand that um, and uh, be really efficient at it, and that's gone really well. And so we're, we've been really excited to see the success of that program and see more and more schools uh, pick it up. And it's just it really benefits uh, the kids and the community in general. Now, today is the first day of September, which for me, it's like a switch is flipped and we're thinking about fall. And if you can believe it, I, the holidays seem far off, but really they're not. You guys are already starting some of your holiday planning. Yeah. You know, retailers, even uh, restaurants, they're already planning for the holidays. They're placing their orders for the beef in the holidays. And so uh, we're really trying to get out there to help those folks understand uh, what the markets are going to be like and, and what opportunities they might have for promoting certain cuts of beef throughout the, throughout the holidays. And, uh, of course, from our end of things, to the, direct the consumer, we're going to always help our consumers understand what to do with that ribeye roast if they want to have it for the holidays, uh, how to properly cook it, and then, obviously, how to store it. So um, th those things are already starting. The planning for that is, has started already. Like you said, it's the 1st of September. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we've got to be ready to go when uh, November and December hits. We'll take it back to the State Fair here. Just remind us again, this afternoon you're doing your culinary contest, a really fun event. 
Yeah, so come out here. It's the We call it the Beef Masters Culinary Challenge, and uh, these students are going to be participating in an event that's modeled after Chopped. So they'll, <laughs> they'll have the... Uh, They'll have the basket full of mystery items along with a beef item. And uh, it's truly amazing to see what these students can put together in just 30 minutes with some pretty obscure uh, items in their basket. And uh, it looks good, and most, most importantly, it tastes good. A little bit of entertainment for you then here at the State Fair. Uh, thank you so much. It's Adam Wagner, Director of Marketing with the Nebraska Beef Council. You can find them doing ca- cooking demonstrations and all sorts of fun stuff here this Labor Day weekend. From the Nebraska State Fair, I'm Shaylee Peters. Next, we talk with Joe Teal at Great Plains Commodities about the uh, livestock futures. Joe. Yeah, kind of a, a little bit quieter day today uh, to finish out the week uh, uh, as we head into a long weekend. Uh, and cattle are going to close mixed. The uh, nearby uh, October cattle uh, a little bit lower and the rest of them uh, a little bit higher. Uh, basically, uh, kind of a sad week uh, uh, with cash uh, uh, dropping off uh, fairly substantially, so it gives us a, a, a lower week in the uh, live cattle. Over in the feeders, uh, we saw uh, a week that uh, finished higher, and today we finished higher, moderately higher, but we end up higher for the week. So kind of a mixed bag for uh, for the cattle complex. The uh, cutouts at noon were a little bit lower on a, a pretty light trade in the boxes, but uh, uh, just didn't see any uh, follow through in anything uh, today uh, other than uh, we were back and forth all day long over in the hogs we're going to finish uh, mixed a little bit higher Uh, cash seems to be a little bit firmer and that helped uh, keep the uh, hogs above unchanged throughout the day cutouts were back higher today after uh, seeing them fall uh, quite a bit uh, during the week but uh, we still finish lower for the week in the hogs. So now we have a, uh, a three-day weekend uh, coming up. And uh, so in the next week, uh, I look for a continuation uh, of uh, volatility. Thanks, Joe. Joe Teal can be reached at Great Plains Commodities, 800-328-0134. Dewey Nelson reporting. Chad Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network, and it's time once again for our Fridays in the Field segment. And again, we're in northeast Nebraska visiting with Doug Strotman from West Point, Nebraska. Doug, thanks for visiting with us here again today. It was about a month ago or so that we were out in your fields, and uh, give us kind of the update. A uh, lot of moisture in the last four or five weeks, huh? Yeah, Chad, probably since the last time, uh, the end of July there, when we had talked, we probably got maybe close to seven inches of rain through the end of August here. We never irrigated our beans. Everything kind of timed out pretty good. Well, let's start about kind of do a crop-by-crop update first of all, and and we'll start where we're standing here in in the soybeans. Nice, tall, growthy beans, and uh, sure looks like they're podding all the way to the top, huh? Yeah, I I talked to one of the fellows at Kalps that does uh, agronomy work, and and he said um, they really haven't done no yield checks on beans because they're putting pods on the top, so they kind of want to wait a couple weeks, but it sure looks like, uh, you know, we could be looking at yields that, in our area, you know, possibly close to last year, which was exceptional. 
exceptionally well. Any bugs that you've had to deal with in the soybeans? No. We spray all of our stuff um, with fungicide and some insecticide. So there's a few holes in the leaves, as you can see here, but not, not anything to be concerned about. And I have not heard that there's been a problem with any insects or fungus this year. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the corn at, at this time. Uh, walking through a few fields here. Looks like things pollinated up pretty good, huh? Yeah. Um, there was a little talk earlier that some of the numbers when it was pollinating was hot and uh, it didn't pollinate all the way to the top but when you and I were in the field next to us it certainly filled to the top so I and I haven't heard that it's been a real big issue so everything looks to be pretty good and, and despite the moisture no disease to speak of yet either huh no talked to a couple agronomists and they not really said uh, they've seen anything they were kind of worried about this southern rust coming up but we could start getting all the rain and that kind of stopped and uh, they said if we do get a little bit of it at this stage of the game it's not a big deal the other crop that you'd have some of is alfalfa and we want to get an update on that as well we had one harvest since we last talked to you how was third cutting for you guys good it was just a little short of the second cutting our second cutting was better than the first and our third was a uh, typically you know less we were pretty happy I'm, you know it was probably around the two ton an acre somewhere's around there so what's your strategy with the alfalfa through the last of summer in, into fall how do you kind of manage it before it hardens up for the winter we'll probably cut it in probably about a week and then hopefully we can get it up in decent shape and then uh try and get a regrowth of two to three to six seven eight inches and then uh let that be your winter cover and seems like it won't freeze out then if I remember right, you were starting to use um, uh, or using more heavily some of these soil monitoring systems, uh, moisture and, and things of that nature. Been keeping track of that all summer? Has anything cropped up on that this time? Um, to tell you the truth, I kept up on it until it started raining, and then I, I um, really didn't have to keep up on it. But it, it was really helpful. I mean, it, it, it tells you uh, how much moisture is in your ground and, uh, you know, do you need to be concerned about irrigating? You know, if you got electric wells, you kind of want to be ahead of the game because that hot spell we had, you know, they were shutting them off at 10 in the morning. It wouldn't shut them off till 10 at night. So you're, you know, you just got to stay ahead of the game that way. But other than that, things look good. All right. Maybe I can ask you a little bit about State Fair because uh, you've got children that will be exhibiting at State Fair here this weekend. Uh, are the kids ready to go and are the uh, steers and heifers ready to go? The cattle are definitely ready to go. The kids are all pumped up and excited and kind of uh, when school starts and they're all in athletics, guess who gets to do the duties? But I like it and uh, we've met a lot of nice people. You know, we've worked all year to get down there to do this so you know we'll find out what happens well thanks again for the update appreciate it very much sure chad again we've been visiting with doug strotman he's from west point nebraska and this friday's in the field update from northeast nebraska here on the rural radio network chad moyer reporting dewey nelson on the rural radio network we're talking today with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. All right, let's look at this past week in grain. Are we going to end up the week higher or lower in these grain prices? Uh, higher, I think, across the board. Yeah. So, you know, well, corn a little bit, I think, mixed, so to speak. You know, we're basically back where we expired all these options last Friday. So if you took a September put into the the close of a week ago Friday and then and rode the futures out, you, you'd find yourself right back to these levels. Um, you know, profit-taking ahead of the weekend. I thought we had some good momentum early. Maybe we'd pop above that 360 and settle there. But, uh, you know, no no luck. Uh, I think just, just looking for more kind of sideways action here. The Bulls trying to find something that they can hang their hat on. I, I think the wheat market certainly have found a bottom. And, um Maybe we get into a, a little bit of a post-harvest uh, rally now. I um, feel like maybe 
450, 460 uh, December KC wheat is probably in the cards, but you want to be, I'll say aggressively moving wheat there. I think a lot of folks have already moved their wheat, but I don't think you want to get bullish on these rallies in the short run. I, th- I think we're going to be more two steps forward, one step back might be the, uh, the out- ideal outcome. The corn wheat spread is now a little bit more than that 75 cents. Is that good or bad? Well, you know, it's good, I think, for more risk-taking. You want to see it around a dollar from the corn side. It certainly brings some demand in. I don't I don't look at a, the, the feed wheat rations, though, as something that's really threatening to corn. Um, I think more longer term here, it's 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 about acreage. And, um, you know, December, December 18, now at 380, or I'm sorry, 395, is that going to inspire a lot of acreage relative to where the wheat is? Probably. Uh, but I look for those spreads, hopefully, to, to, to come in here as we continue to, uh, to get through the summer. A lot of uncertainty still with the weather. You know, it's it's you know 50 degrees in, in, in the overnights here. Um, I, I'll be very interested to see what these bean crops look like in the in the crop progress reports going forward. I think we're going to show some delays, and that could get the market a little bit of a nervous mode here. As I think you've seen 950 crossed, and uh, maybe maybe push towards 980. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Well, you're going to go into this uh, latter part of the growing season. Uh, a little bit behind normal in development, so I would guess the traders will pay a, a little bit more attention to those crop progress reports. Absolutely, and, and uh, I think you've got that going for it as far as the bull side goes, and then I think the overall commodity complex is something to note as well. The copper markets are high, gold really taken off here, uh, gasoline, obviously the story's written there. Well, I see crude oil pick up a little bit, but I do think this week dollar is going to start to factor in as well, so be, be on the alert here. Corn could give you a little bit of love in the, in the short term, and if you're undersold, this could be your opportunity. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Go to danielsagmarketing.com.